I'm Sharon Chisholm and this is Vanessa Lewis and you're listening to the Mental As Anything podcast. Good morning Vanessa. Good morning Sharon. How are you? Good. Good. It's been a while. (laughs) It has been a while. Yes, yes, it's, uh, it's been a few weeks so we've got lots to catch up on. Mm. And today we are going to talk about judgment. Mm. Yes, particularly with things having been in the news recently with the gorillas and various other things. We thought it'd be a good topic to talk about today. That little boy, you know, that was a terrifying ordeal for anyone that had to watch it. Yeah. Or who got interested in it. But yeah, it was very interesting the amount of judgment that came out against the the parents and also the zoo for having to take action that no one wanted to see happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a a pretty horrific event. And what I found really interesting was that the majority of the judgment seemed to be against the mother, Mm. Mm. even though both parents apparently were present. um, It all seemed to be the mother's to blame. It's her fault. She wasn't looking enough, keeping her eye out enough. Yes, and the majority of judgment probably came from other mothers. Yes. Because we're terrible at doing that. Yeah. Culturally, I think we've always had this, um, yeah, we've put this in black and white boxes and the parent, the mother should be able to do everything at all times. Yes, we're, we're expected to be all seeing, all knowing, all doing, yeah. have it all. Yeah, switched on. And yeah, so, and you and I, you know, kind of said to to... There is no short um, mean feat of that child to be able to get three layers of defence into that moat. So that's one amazing little boy to be able to do that. And like you said, if your child is missing at the zoo, your first way of looking is not going to be, are they inside the gorilla (laughs) enclosure? But no, have they gone to the closest ice cream store because they want an ice cream? Yeah. So... um, yeah, it's so quick for us to judge as a society the actions of the parent and these zookeepers and not really look at the um, incredible um, capability that children often have uh, to get under your defences. Yeah. yeah, and kids are so quick. Oh, yes, some of them are monkeys, you know. Really, they, you know, I've seen kids that have scampered up the top of the... The hills hoist quicker than you can <laughs> blink. So it's just, you know, some kids are more like that. And yeah. um, I think we just have to look at that whole situation as a horrible tragedy. But what we really want to focus on is how unuseful that judgment was. Yeah, to everybody concerned. Yeah, to the whole situation. It really didn't help. And in the end, you know, I saw a lot of people, even on Facebook, come back, people, zoologists, even um, the most famous of the gorilla, um, people really come back and say how awful a tragedy it was and um, how it played out. They just, it had to play out that way. Yeah. But it wasn't helpful for us to sit in judgment of the parents and of the, the people that had to make that horrible decision. Not at all. So, you know, why is judgment not helpful to us, Sharon? Oh, goodness, there are so many reasons. I think as as the person, you know, judging, it's very easy for us to look at other people 
and say, well, they're doing this wrong and they're doing that wrong. They shouldn't dress that way. They shouldn't act that way. Um, but when we're doing that, it's very much a project, projection of how we feel about the world. Most people don't realise that, though. No. And, and they don't understand what a projection is. No. No, they don't. Um, well, would you like to explain to us what one is, Vanessa? Do you know what? The most interesting experience that I had recently about projection, you know, and I think I'm pretty good, you know, at owning my own thoughts, my own beliefs, my own um, ideas of the world, is I had to do an exercise recently at a bit of training which took a rock, a rock, and I had to write the story of the rock and how the rock ended up where it is today. Mm-hmm. And when I did that, when I talked about how the rock came together and there was this big clash and it rolled down the hill and I made this whole massive story about why the rock moved and why it didn't like it over there and what it had to go through in order to get up to where it was, mm-hmm. I went, oh, my God, that's my life story. <laughs> you are that rock. I was the rock. <laughs> but I'd projected this whole story onto the rock as to why it was there. Yeah. And that is what projection is about. We look at things on TV, items, and we, it, we project our story yeah. and our views, our rose-coloured glass view of the world onto that situation. And it's not helpful because it ends up sort of limiting and finding out what the actual true story is rather than, you know, it just keeps us locked into that story instead of having a capacity to look at a bigger picture. Yeah. And I think, I think also when we're, when we're judging and being negative about other people, it keeps us in a very negative mindset. Mm. We're, we're, you know, completely the opposite of looking at the world through rose-tinted glasses. We're, we're just focusing on all the negative things. And a lot of the time it's not even something that needs to be looked at negatively. Yes, yes. But in fact, often, and we had a quick talk about this, um, one of the most insightful things that I really... I remember listening to a really great podcast and I can't remember the name of the guy, but he wrote this book about the inner gremlin. Mm-hmm. And the inner gremlin is the one that makes all the judgment. It's that little voice in your head. And you used to call yours Cranky Annie or something like that, didn't oh, you? Oh, Whiplash Annie. Whiplash yes. Annie, right? It's that internal voice that says, oh, you're not good enough. Da, 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 da. But it also makes judgments about other people. Yeah. And that voice doesn't help. In fact, it gets in the way of you being able to really understand what's happening for the other person. So this even comes down to the point, and this is what really shocked me when I listened to this guy talk about this inner gremlin. He basically said, whatever someone says to you, whether it's positive or negative, whatever they think about you, positive or negative, is never about you. No. Never, ever, ever. It's their projection. It's their idea. It's their story. It's them also. So, for instance, if someone had said to me, oh, you look wonderful, you know, you look great, that outfit looks really good, I then realised what they were saying to me was not necessarily about me and my ability to wear this outfit, but it was inside of them going, gee, I wish I could, you know, had an outfit that looks good or I'm feeling a little bit insecure today or, you know, I'm not quite happy with how I'm I'm looking or looking after myself at the moment. It had nothing to do with me, nothing whatsoever. Yeah, it's really interesting. You know, I mean, I, in my many younger days, I used to work in recruitment. And, um, and of course, when you work in recruitment, you are very much judging people. Mm. 
based on what they can do and what they look like. Not on who they are as mm. a human being, mm. but do they look professional? Do they speak professionally? Can they type or do yeah. whatever? Um, and I actually ended up leaving recruitment because I found myself getting more and more judgmental yeah. about people on face value. And I didn't like that it's about myself. It's a horrible myself. feeling, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Um, and, and I have noticed that, um, you know, if I see some, not, not now because I'm far more aware of it, but occasionally a thought will pop into my head, you know, as I'm out, what on earth did, did that person not look in the mirror before they came mm. out? Mm. And of course, that's, that's, my inner gremlin saying, I wish I didn't have to care so much yeah. about what yeah. I look like. If I make this effort, why the earth can't they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Does that mean they're a lazy person? Yeah. Or, yeah. or why do I then feel the need that I have to look a certain way? Yeah. You know, when I go out. I mean, I, I don't these days, and you know, I'm quite happy to go to the hardware store. If I'm in the middle of painting, years ago, if I was in the middle of painting and had to go and get more paint, I would get changed and mm. have a shower. Mm. And I wouldn't dream of going to the, the yeah. hardware store yep. looking a complete mess. Yep. Now I think, well, actually I'm painting and I'm going for more paint. What's the point in mm. me getting changed? Yeah, it's crazy. And yet, you know, what I found when I started looking at my own pattern of judgment, it was really watching my parents modelling that over and over again. They judged everyone. And that was just society. We do that. We often do it to, you know, work out where we are in the pecking order. Yeah. But it's a horrible feeling because no one feels, you know, no one wants to be judged. Yeah. And and when you judge someone, you're really disconnected from them. Yes. And you're disconnecting from yourself because you're not really owning your own story or your <laughs> own beliefs or your own thoughts or your own, you know, emotions around that situation. And I know you and I talked about even to the extremes when people have done horrendous things to children, to adults, to society. When we judge, we actually lose the capacity of finding out what on earth were they thinking? Yeah. What has happened in that person's life in order to for them to think that that action was okay? Yeah. We lose that capacity and yet we need people in society not to have judgments so that we can find out why perpetrators are perpetrators. Yeah. You know, we will yeah. never ever stop the cycle of abuse unless we stop judging and find the root cause. Yeah. Judging just adds another layer of complexity on top of it and, and really puts up a big fat barrier to, to finding out a solution. Yeah. And as you say, judging gets in the way of, you know, it makes you really disconnected. You can only connect with people from a place of acceptance. And I don't mean that you have to make their behaviour acceptable. Yeah. But, you know, accepting that you have differences with yeah. people. And accepting that they have a story that got yeah. them there. We're never going to understand that story unless we're willing to drop the judgment for a moment. Yeah. And to, to understand it's a difficult thing to do, but, um, you know, I've certainly listened to and spoken to a lot of people that that do that. And when they do that, they're able to help that person, the perpetrator of the violence or the perpetrator of the abuse, to really understand and own their actions. Because as soon as you judge someone, verbally, what happens? Oh, well, people get defensive. Yep. You... you there's a, a whole negative environment created yes from an assumption or from a judgment yes or and and not only are we judging 
the perpetrators of these things, but we're also judging the victims. Yeah. You know, how often these days, if, if a woman is attacked, do we blame her? Yeah. Well, she was, she was, you know, behaving promiscuously. She was drunk. She was out late at night by herself. She was wearing a short skirt. Well, it's, it's her fault. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they were in the wrong place at the wrong time. And culturally, we've been doing that for a long time. Yeah. You know, we've been making victims, you know, it's their fault, instead of really understanding that the perpetrators need to be understood and need to be helped. You know, if we could understand what makes a person or what makes a young guy, you know, do that kind of thing, then let's work out how we can prevent that earlier on. Let's, you know, do better education around um, protective behaviours for people. Let's do better education around sex and what's consent. Yeah. You know, what is consent and and having an under, a really good conversation. And one of those things, and I know I'm a very big advocate for protective behaviours around kids, who can touch your body? Yeah. You know, and who... And they have the right to own their body, even against mum and dad. But, you know, culturally, we forced kids to accept touch. Yeah. Go and hug your grandmother. Go yeah. and give your uncle a kiss. Yeah. No, I don't want to. Go and do it. Yeah. Don't be rude. Yeah. Yeah. Right? The child is saying, I do not give consent, but we just ignore that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so okay. we teach children that consent means nothing. Yeah. Because we force them into it. And then we judge them for it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, a, you know, a, a really negative downward spiral um, of, of well, yeah, if, if, if my child doesn't go and hug so-and-so, will I be judged as exactly. a bad parent? Exactly. You know, what does that say about me yep. that I can't make my child comply with what is expected of them? Yes. So a lot of it comes out of fear of being judged ourselves. Yes. Yes. And so the only way to combat that is be way more attentive to when you're judging. Yeah. And so when you're judging, when I turn into a judging monster, I I recognize when my inner gremlin gets, you know, gets off on it, really. (laughs) And which they do. Which they do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, so I try to keep my mouth shut. I observe the fact that I'm judging. And so for me, I look at that and go, okay, what is it? What's the fear here? Yeah. Because it's invariably, just like you said, a fear. Yeah. Absolute fear inside. Oh, would that happen to me? Hell no. I would never let my child climb over, you know. I would always have my eyes on. And how impossible is that? Oh, if you've got a little monkey for a kid and yeah. there are kids that are absolutely, you know, speed demons, monkeys, you name it. Escape artists. Escape artists. Yeah. They're there and that, that's part of their job is to explore the world. But how exhausting. would I mean, I've taken my kids to the zoo. <laughs> that's one hell of a day. Yeah. And to keep your eyes switched on the whole time, especially when you have other adults, if you've gone as part of a group, You've got to be talking to other adults. You've got to keep your eye on your kids. You've got to... That's not a stress-free day no. to me. <laughs> no, oh, me, me neither. And I often wouldn't take my kids to places. No, no. Um, Because my husband worked away and it meant me going by myself and they would always want to go in opposite directions. Even a trip to the beach was exhausting. Yeah. Something that was meant to be pleasurable. 
Excuse me, ended up being tiring. It's it happens a lot, doesn't it, with kids? Mm. You yeah. Know? We want to remain social, but they're a lot of work. They are very much a lot of work, and and but but you can never do anything right by everybody. Mm. You know if she was in the wrong because she let her child out of her sight for a, a minute or two had you know and there are all these people saying well they sh- she sh- if she knew her child wandered off yeah. she should have had them on a leash or a strap or a well then it would have been why do you feel the need to have your child yep. on, a, on a leash like yep. an animal yep yep we look at those parents who walk around with a leash and we go what on earth is your problem that you can't keep your eyes on your child yeah. that you have to leash them yeah so it's you know hey i leashed my children at, on a number of occasions where it was the only way I kept my sanity mm. to be honest mm. um, and you do what you have to do in those moments but there's always going to be somebody who judges yes yes always. whether you do it or you don't yeah and you, again what we're really reiterating here is that that judgment comes from a place inside of you that fears yeah and we if the more that you're aware and a able to fear feel into that feel fear and give it a name yeah name it to tame it the more that you can understand what is my need here you know what's underneath the fear what would make that fear disappear if i named the need yeah yeah um if i think about um you know maybe oh it's just an example actually um a couple of years ago, I went to um, a design course. It, it was a one-day styling interior design course, um, and it was a you know a pretty varied group of people, mostly women, and we were all relatively casually dressed. It wasn't a formal professional training or anything. And there was one woman, and I, I noticed her because she was immaculately mm, dressed. Mm hair perfect very slim pretty makeup done you know i mean she was she looked like she'd just come off a catwalk and i remember looking at her thinking wow she looks like she's got her shit together Mm -hmm. you know she looked really kind of switched on and and um and then at the lunch break she was actually chatting with the host Uh, And I was just sitting eating, but I could kind of hear the conversation. And she was saying how out of place she felt because she didn't feel good enough to be there Mm. and didn't feel as good as all the other people. And she'd sat and and said nothing the whole morning. She'd just sat there and everyone else was kind of interacting with each other. And I thought, wow, you know, I, I judged her as having all her stuff together and obviously being very, very confident. And here was she sitting there feeling Feeling, terrified. yeah, yeah. That, that she was not confident enough, not worthy enough mm. to be there. Mm. Um, so that's exactly what I was getting at. Yeah. So even a compliment, if you'd sat there and said, oh, my God, you look amazing. You look like, you know, you've got all your stuff together. Internally, she'd be going, nah, no, yeah. you don't know me. Don't project your story onto me. Yeah. Really? That's yeah. what happens. Yeah. Yeah, when I when I um, first had my daughter and I was in the depths of depression, we moved to a new town and I started going to playgroup. Um, and you know, I baked all the snacks to take with us from scratch. And and internally, I was a mess, wanting yeah. to make it look like I was had it all together. together. And 
And I remember one of the other mums saying to me, you know, a, a month or so later, wow, you know, when you first turned out that first week, mm. I was just, I thought you were incredible because you had all these home-baked things. And I said, oh my goodness, no, I was terrified that I was going to come in and everyone else was going to be these perfect mothers and here was me, a complete disaster. See, and that's, that's, the, that's the story that follows us everywhere. If we understand that story, if you understand where the judgment comes from and the fear that, you know, is driven by that judgment, yeah. the more that you're aware, the greater opportunity you have to challenge your own thinking around it. Yeah. And that's what we have to do. We have to challenge our thinking. We need to be more compassionate towards other people. And we need to drop the story. You know, people make a story. As you said, they love your writing. You're a great writer. Yeah. You know, and you sit there going, what? I'm just being me. Yeah. <laughs> How can you possibly think that about me? I'm just I'm writing what's in my head. It's, yes. It's kind of insignificant. Yes. And, and yet it inspires people. Yeah. Which is great. So for me, it's like understanding that whatever I'm saying has touched someone else's story for the better. Yeah. And that's great. That's a good, good way to look at it. But as you know, someone's giving you that compliment is never about you. It's yeah. always about the person and something that they needed to hear at that time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We all take our own lessons at the time yeah. that we need to hear them. Yep. Any client that says to me, oh, my God, you know, my life has changed since I've been with you. It's like, no, you've actually put the work in. Yeah. You know, I'm just sitting on the sideline going, hey, how about you try this, yeah. you know. But they always want to attribute it to me. Yeah. And I'm always going, yep, look, all right, I, I think we're working really well together. But I think you also need to see how much you've done. Yeah. You know, to change your circumstances. Yeah. So we often don't want to look at, you know, the good that we do. Yeah. As much as we don't want to look at the bad stuff that we do. We, we, we are so busy judging ourselves that we, we find it hard to accept that we're doing anything good. Yeah. Yeah. Be because, well, who am I to accept that I might actually be doing something worthwhile? That well, I'll be a bit big for my boots if I do that. People might judge me and think I'm up myself. Yeah, absolutely. So, it, you know, all of those things come down to being worried about being judged by other people and and I think the thing that really scares us about that is what if they judge me in their right mm. Mm. what does that mean mm. who am I if I'm that bad mother or that you know lazy person or I'm stupid or, or miserable or whatever um, what does that say about me I might actually have to look inward at myself and do some work and, and people are afraid to go there and I get that yeah I do get that I, but I also get that it's, I guess from, you know, being in this field for so many years, I've gotten so much out of going there. Yeah, me too. I actually get excited when I think, oh, I've just caught myself doing something and I have the tools to undo it. Yeah. You know, I get excited about that. So, you know, but I, I do get why people are afraid of looking at that. Yeah. You know? It's just I know that they end up in way more pain than they need to be yeah. than if they just look at it. Yeah. So for me, I I'm catch myself do the judgy thing. Yeah. And so, whoa, where's that coming from? 
or I laugh at myself. Yeah. If you don't want to exa- really examine what it is, laugh at yourself. Laugh at the fact that you've just judged someone and, you know, that's just crazy. Yeah. Essentially, it's crazy because it's not helping them and it's certainly not helping <laughs> you. So if you, if you are more inclined and if you're willing to, then you can start looking at well, what is it my fear underneath that? Why do I feel it's necessary to go and judge someone? Yeah. Yeah, and, and often, you know, as, as we're coaching people, um, we're able to pick up on what people are doing and why they're doing yes. it because we've been there. Yes. You know, we've, we've come through it and we've done the work on ourselves. And I think as coaches, we have to be willing and prepared to do the work on ourselves. Otherwise, we, you know, we can't expect to take our clients to a place deeper than we've been ourselves no and of course we're not always going to have the same scenarios people will have been through things that that we haven't Um, but I think we have to be willing to explore those deeper levels of ourselves some more compassion yeah you know and the good place to start is compassion with yourself because if you can can be compassionate with yourself then you can certainly start doing that with others yeah yeah, and accepting that we do things that aren't always healthy for us. So it's not also just about judging someone else, it's judging yourself. Oh, yeah, and how many of us do that? Yeah. Yeah, I do it. Yeah. Do You You and I did that uh, women's uh, workshop for the Women's Resource Centre, and I remember we gave them a challenge of yeah. just for one hour to carry around a book and catch how many times they judge themselves. Yeah. And they were shocked yes. at how quick they did it. Yeah. You know, so it's, that's the challenge. If you're going to do that, try it for one hour. Just tune into what you're saying to yourself and write down every time you judge yourself. Yeah. That'll give you a big eye opener. Oh, it's a really useful tool because I think we become, you know, as children, we, we get so accustomed. Yeah to listening to that voice in our head that tells us we're not good enough or mm. someone's laughing at us or yeah. whatever, that, that it becomes that constant companion. Yes. And it's so ingrained in our normal thinking patterns that we don't question it. We don't even know, notice that it's happening. Yeah. But it's there pummeling away at us mm. all of the time. Mm. Mm. Well, that sounds like a great, almost an opportunity now to wrap it up, you know, to lovingly stop judging ourselves. Um, and others uh, make a commitment try it try it for a week and you might find how different outlook you'll have if you catch yourself judging and say whoop stop yeah you know wipe it out almost like let's back it up a bit and then start that thought again in a more positive way yeah and you'll find the difference in your life can be quite phenomenal yeah what I started doing actually just very quickly was uh, if I caught myself thinking something negative about somebody else, you know, I'll, you know, look at that woman's skirt or whatever, I would, and I recognised it, I would consciously make myself look for something about that person. That was positive. That was the opposite. Yeah. Or at least with compassion. Yeah. So that's your challenge. <laughs> Thanks very much for joining us. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.